Erie. Welcome back to Flagship City Sports Talk, brought to you by Quickfill. My name is Nick Artman, and I am so excited to be right here with you. Listen, I, I'm just going to throw the elephant in the room right away. We got the, we got the, the Steelers-Bills game on in the background. <laughs> this is going to be a distraction for me. I'm just throwing that out here. You can find all the cowbell will be out in full force. You can follow along with my misery at FC Sports Talk on Twitter. Look us up on any socials, Flagship City Sports Talk. Thankfully, when I'm too busy yelling at my phone at another Mason Rudolph interception or another fumble, I have Paul and Rich to back me up. Paul, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Happy to be here on a beautiful Monday night. And uh, we got uh, the game isn't exactly what we wanted it to be, but it's it's not over. It's no. not over. No, I this uh, we'll get to it in a second. Yeah. Rich, how you doing? You staying warm bad. over there? We should just start calling me Senior Cowbell. <laughs> we, we, we are going to need it tonight for sure. I'll tell you what. We're going to do it a little differently today since we are we just hit halftime in the Bills-Steelers game. Let's go ahead and we're going to start with the Rust Belt Rundown. This is a new one for us. For the first time ever, we get to jump into the Rust Belt Rundown during a live game. Let's go. All right. Elephant in the room, like I said. Pittsburgh and Buffalo. Buffalo just handing it to the Steelers. Did I miss anything? Is it still 21-7? Still 21-7. It was 21 nothing uh, just a few moments ago, and it was close to being 24 nothing. So your silver lining, you can tell I'm in a good mood tonight. So your silver <laughs> lining is uh, that was the craziest field goal block I've actually ever seen. I've never seen the ball travel that far. Um, full disclosure, I was driving when I was watching it, and it was kind of one of those, like, I was on a back street, we're fine, nobody's hurt or anything, I hope. Um <laughs> And I, I had to like double take, and I was like, "That ball is like they, they recovered on the thirty-three yard line." I was like, "Oh my gosh!" So that helped the Steelers quite a bit. Got them on the board before the half. Um, they get to come out. They get the ball. No, they don't. Bills get the ball. But uh, reason for optimism. It's still yeah. it's a two possession game as opposed to a three possession game. Yeah, and it's it's tough. You know, I said this on Joel's show right before the break at the at the bottom of the hour. You you go into this game. And I know a lot of Pittsburgh was feeling this way. You're thinking Cinderella story. What a great story. Mason Rudolph didn't play at all last year. He's going to come alive. He, he, he was leading, uh, different quarterback categories in the last three games of the season, looking great. They sneak into the playoffs, underdog. They're going to make it the whole way to the Super Bowl. But the problem with the Cinderella story is you, you, you get the beautiful carriage. It takes you to the castle. But what happens to the carriage? Get stuck in the snow. And then run over by <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, and then run over by horses. <laughs> it turns back into a pumpkin. And I this might be Mason Rudolph turning back into a pumpkin. I'm not I'm not here to, to close the book on the game. They're only down by two scores. If they can come out of the half, you know, put it back together. And really, they're playing without TJ Watt. Bill's offense looks great, but they're shooting the Steelers are shooting themselves in the foot. Two fumbles, an intercept, bad interception by Rudolph there in the end zone. If they can clean up this game and tighten up on D, they might be able to turn it around. I agree. Putting the ball on the carpet too many times. Uh, holding them to 21 is not bad, considering the way uh, the Steelers' defense looked most of the first half. Yeah. Uh, I think the 52-yard Josh Allen run up the middle 
Believe me, I feel your pain. I see that Josh <laughs> Allen twice a year. That that that's the absolute killer. I think yeah. that is Buffalo's best play. That's the one they've got in their back pocket. You just call four verts. Uh, it's probably covered downfield, and you just can't hang with that six foot five, two hundred and seventy pound massive. Uh, he's an actual Buffalo, is what he is um, <laughs> at quarterback for for Buffalo, and uh, he makes you pay. And and fifty two yards to house call there. An unbelievable play for uh, Josh Allen in the playoffs. Yeah, and I saw this. Buffalo Bills PR put this out on Twitter right after the run. Allen's 52-yard run marks the longest run by a Bill in a playoff game, surpassing a 45-yard touchdown by Joe Kerbs in 1981. Yeah, that's a quarterback who now owns the longest rush in in 43 years. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. But, no, this is going to be – I believe this, and maybe you tell me if I'm looking at this through. I said mm-hmm. I said in the last hour, my steel-colored glasses, because <laughs> I think it's going to be a fun second half. If, if if the Steelers can clean it up, I don't. They're not a come from behind kind of team. I don't know that they can really overcome this. I think they'll make it fun, and they'll still have a. a, a, a it won't be a blowout. It won't be like the next game we're going to talk about here in a little bit. But <laughs> thoughts for the second half. Uh, thoughts for the second half, I think the Bills are going to slow it down. I think we're going to see a lot more to the run game. Um, regardless of whatever their possessions end with, I think they'll just try to take time off the clock with that two-possession lead. On the other side, the Steelers, I wonder how they'll respond. Are they going to feel pressured a little bit, try to put the ball in the air a little bit more, or do they try to stay ground and pound and try to stay, you know, an even balanced attack on offense and chip their way back into this game, or is Buffalo just going to take too much time off the clock and force the Steelers to throw the ball, and I think that's where you and Mason Rudolph may get into a little bit of trouble yeah rich thoughts for the second half you know i agree with paul i think they're going to try and slow things down a little bit eat up some clock and just keep the ball away from them yeah because it could get dangerous we'll see we'll see i mean it's a cold game it's only going to get colder now the sun went down yep We'll see if the Steelers can hold on to the Fields Bills. In great shape, though. I think you mentioned. You know, I oh was, yeah, I was a little worried myself. I, you know, I saw all the Twitter videos, all the snow piling up and everything. Yeah. Uh, I think they did a really nice job on the field, so I'm not too concerned about weather being a factor tonight, yeah. at least on the field. I retweeted from our. I keep saying Twitter. I'll, I'll start. I'll try to switch over to X. I can't get there. But from our main Twitter page, see, I just did it already. Uh, <laughs> I retweeted John Lydic this morning coming out of his hotel room and showing them sh- like shoveling the Erie News now car out over in Buffalo. Yeah, they had three yeah. feet of snow this morning uh field looks great stands people are some sitting on some snow but hey that's that's uh play that's what you signed up for yeah yeah all right well we'll see how this game goes we got another game to talk about before we head into the break cleveland falls to houston texans 45 browns 14 this one was disappointing for me um i know i pick on the browns a lot yes i said rich is looking at me and laughing but i had another d word dumpster fire <laughs> Uh, never mind. I'm not going to say what I was thinking. But, I, you know, I, I legitimately felt bad for them. I thought, same thing. I like the underdog. I like the Cinderella story. But the the reality in the mm-hmm. NFL is it doesn't happen very long. Same thing with Flacco. Turn back into Flacco. Turn back into a pumpkin. And yep. after the back-to-back interceptions for touchdowns, that's just a deep, deep hole to try and dig out of. And that's what it was. They got demoralized after those back-to-back pick sixes, and, and the Browns were done there. I thought they hung with them pretty well in the first half. They had a couple of missed opportunities, I think, on the first drive especially, but uh, put 14 points on the board, and then, yeah, they come out in that second half, and it was within... 20 real-time minutes of each other because I, yeah. I was driving from one place to the next and I was like, okay, well, you know, the Browns are still, I think, a 10-point game at halftime. And you go, okay, well, they get the ball and they yeah. can come back, make it a one-point game. Between point A and point B, he threw two pick sixes I'd even turn it back on. Yeah. I was like, okay. 
Uh, wanted to shout out Devin Singletary in that one. I gave him a lot of a crap last year when he was on the Bills, but uh, he had himself a nice playoff outing. Over five yards per carry uh, for the Houston Texans running back. Yeah, 13 carries, 66 yards, and a touchdown. He he really against a tough defense, right? Yes. And I'm not a gonna... defense that held Damian Pierce to three carries for zero yards. <laughs> right, right. That's a good rushing defense for sure. Right, and that's kind of that's the other key to the game for me here was okay. Flacco threw two bad picks. But what happened to that generational defense that we talked about at the beginning of the year? I mean, they didn't show up. You, you ain't wrong about that. Nico, <laughs> uh, Nico Collins, who another guy I, I, I talked a little bit about thinking, you know, this, you know, he hasn't proved it in the playoffs. Boy, he had a nice game. 96 yards and a uh, receiving touchdown. But CJ Stroud, I mean, he was the trigger man. Uh, he didn't really ever look like he was uncomfortable or out of place. Um, he did a really nice job in his playoff debut. Yeah. I think the kid's legit. You know, I think so too. I mean, it's I hate to say that for a rookie, but you win from the pocket, and he has the arm talent. I mean, what limits you is between the ears, and he looks very, very comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Tough loss for for the Browns. I, you know, going into the off season, I think you just need to get healthy. They have for a sure. good team. Uh, you know, Stefanski's already said Watson's going to come back as the starter next year. Not that anyone was really doubting it, and if you were, yeah. They have, what, like 52 million reasons why he's coming back <laughs> yeah. as a starting quarterback next year? Yeah, yeah. No surprise there. Right, right. And hopefully Chubb can come back, maybe pick up a receiver or, or some help on the offensive line. And I think they could... Just they, the offensive line get healthy. They're on yeah. their fifth and sixth tackles. So, I mean, well, I think they, that's, they were on borrowed time anyway. Yeah, I think that's the theme for the whole team is just get healthy. Get yeah. people back. Get, get, get back. Keep everyone together because you have a good system. Don't blow it up. Don't don't be the Browns and, and Brown. You know, try to I, I hope try to bring they're it able back. to bring back Jim Schwartz, who I imagine may get some head coach uh, at least interviews, if yeah. not, you know, opportunities or offers. But um, I think he was a big reason uh, why the Browns were legitimate contenders this year. Yeah, no, I agree. Tough one for the Browns. We'll see about Pittsburgh and Buffalo. Hey, P.S. Real quick, we don't talk about the Lions real a lot, but Rust Belt team Lions win their first playoff win. In 32 years, that's exciting for them. Shout out to our guy, Dan Sheldon. I know he's excited today. <laughs> that's it for the Rust Belt Rundown, brought to you by Circo Industrial Supply. After the break, we'll go back in time to the North Shore Rewind. You're listening to Flagship City Sports Talk, brought to you by... Since 1946, Duskus Funeral Home has served local families with compassion and care in times of loss. With more choices now than ever before concerning funeral services and options, trust Duskus Funeral Home to guide your family through these important final decisions. Visit Duskus Funeral Home at 2607 Buffalo Road. Call 899-7656 or visit duskusfuneralhome.com. Duskus Funeral Home, committed to the community and families of Erie for generations. Work so awesome, it's in the name. Since 2003, Awesome Painting and Services has been helping home and business owners in Erie and Crawford counties and beyond. The team at Awesome Painting and Services is experienced and professional and can paint the interior or exterior of your office building or home. Trust Awesome Painting and Services to do the best possible job for you at a fair, affordable price. See examples of their work, the full list of services, and testimonials from their customers on their website, erieawesomepainting.com. PA contractor number 073-407. The cold winter weather is here, and you can count on your friends at Circo Industrial Supply to help you make it through any storm that might head our way. They have a full inventory of winter clothing, including boots and gloves. Plow drivers, be prepared. Circo has hoses, couplers, rubber cutting edges, and all your hydraulic fluids. 
Do-it-yourselfers. Serco also has snowblower belts to help you handle another harsh, eerie winter. Serco Industrial Supply, 2127 Cahie Road in Erie, your best little hose and belt house in town. For nearly 40 years, the Edinburgh community has been trusting Dauber Auto Supply for their auto care needs. Located at 116 Erie Street in downtown Edinburgh, Dauber Auto Supply makes custom-made Gates hydraulic hoses, has an extensive supply of PPG automotive paints, and offers free installation of wiper blades, in addition to saving you money on your automotive projects and repairs. It's time to get ready for winter, and Dauber Auto Supply has DECA batteries ready for install. Go with the best. Go local. Dauber Auto Supply, 734-4705, or visit 116 Erie Street in Edinburgh. John's Wildwood Pizzeria is rolling out the fresh dough at both locations in Edinburgh and Erie. Pick up a pie covered in fresh toppings or keep it all inside with a steamy calzone. Subs and hoagies, they're all heroes at John's Wildwood Pizzeria. Accessorize your meal with salads, wings, and apps. Call 734-7355 to order from the Edinburgh location at 105 Erie Street or call 314-2799 for the Knowledge Parkway store near Barrend and Erie. Winner of the Erie's Choice Awards for 14 consecutive years. JohnsWildwoodPizza.com Welcome back to Flagship City Sports Talk, brought to you by Quickville. Michaela Presta Palmer stars this week for Northwestern. Corey wins the Patrick J. Morales Memorial Tournament, and the Otters split their weekend series. Let's take it back to the North Shore Rewind, brought to you by Duskus Funeral Home. All right, up first, head football coach Brad Orlando steps down at McDowell. This is a a legend in the area and, and kind of in a, in a coaching carousel at all levels of football right now. This is just another surprise <laughs> here in Erie, especially. I think what was so surprising is that you talk about a legend. I think he's sort of still in the prime part of creating his legendary career. He's certainly yeah. done a really nice job for the 10 years he's been the head at McDowell. He had a lot of success at Cathedral Prep with uh, uh, with them over there before having come to McDowell. Um, so I'm a little surprised at, at, at the move, but I certainly wish him the best. From what, I'm gath- what I've gathered is he is taking the year off. He just needs some time away from the game. Um, I, I understand that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I sort of look at this as the same way uh, as the Cathedral Prep a few years ago. Um, he left the team in really good shape, and uh, although McDowell lose a big guy in Cooper Cousins, you know they're going to step into next year with Blaze Myers, a, a qualified senior quarterback, able to go in and take maybe a little bit of pressure off the guy who may take over. Yeah. So you know our text thread said it best. I mean, uh, at one point I wanted to say, okay, who had this in Coach Bingo this week? That's, that was, I mean, a good it line. was like boom, boom. I did actually L O L when I read that. No, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, you know, we'll see if he comes back. We'll see what, what's next step for Orlando. I can't imagine being a coach that long. The 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 beat to your schedule, the the grind, and always being on, especially at the high school level. Um, either way, congrats to Coach Orlando, and we're excited to see what happens next. All right, jumping over to basketball. We're going to do this a little differently. Football, we were able to catch some big matchups because of the Friday Night Lights. Basketball becomes a little more difficult because of the varying schedules. So Paul and I talked and we, we, we pitched it to Rich, and we're all on the same team here. Well, we're going to say we want to just break this down and do a men's team of the week, a women's team of the week, and then a men's player of the week and a women's player of the week. So starting here, our first flagship city sports talk team of the week on the men's side. Paul, who do you got? I have Gerard Boys basketball this week who went 2-0 and 
last week with wins over Mercyhurst Prep at home, 55-48, and a big win on the road over rival Fairview, 49-36 on Friday to improve to 11-1. The Jackets' lone loss on the season came against Hickory in tournament play. Uh, upcoming, Gerard welcomes Northwestern, who's yet to put a W in the column this season, tomorrow night before making the trip out to Wattsburg on Friday for a meeting with the Seneca Bobcats. Uh, Gerard has a nice little one-two punch out there between Nate Edwards and the senior big man Jeremiah Delomo. They're a threat from the inside and the outside. Gerard is rolling yes, they this are. year. In league play, in in division play, uh, I, I, I like them. I like that. I like that as a good first pick. All right, sticking with the men's side, who do you got as a player of the week? Uh, men's basketball player of the week. Hey, well, welcome back, Amari Pickens <laughs> from Cathedral Prep. <laughs> I've heard that name before. Yeah, the Ramblers in there. Six foot three senior guard defeated the General McLean Lancers sixty to fifty on Friday night with the help of his fifteen points. So fresh off the shoulder injury, he steps into the lineup and goes into double figures in his first outing. So welcome back again, Amari Pickens, our FCST Boys Basketball Player of the Week. We won't. That's not the last time I think we'll hear about him probably not <laughs> all right jumping over the women's side the women's team of the week all right the basketball team of the week on the girls side the northeast girls basketball team the great pickers are now up to eight and four after six straight wins northeast grounded the titusville rockets 52 to 19 last monday before winning a thriller against seneca 36 31 on thursday they're defending home court against fort labeouf right now as we speak uh before welcoming a tough Mercyhurst prep team on Thursday. Alex Cousins is the name to watch out there. She's been very good during their six-game win streak. Staying on the women's side, what do you, or who do you got for the player of the week? Girls basketball player of the week is sophomore guard Michaela Presser-Palmer from out in Northwestern. She personally, listen to this, she personally outscored Gerard 26 points <laughs> when the Wildcats defeated the Yellow Jackets 52-24 to on Saturday. So 26 of her team's 52 I'm not a mathematician, but I believe that's 50%. And then, like I said, outscored the entire other team. So if you take away the entire other team's point output from Northwestern, Michaela Presser-Palmer uh, with a gem against Girard on Saturday. And as a sophomore. And as a so- and she was very good as a freshman, too. Yeah. So this is, this is going to be a player to watch for the next couple of years. It always, I think, is exciting to watch. The, like when you have a, a standout freshman, a standout sophomore, you, you know it's consistent, and you just it's like you get excited to see them grow in their career. I was career. just going to say, one of the best parts yeah. is when you watch them and how good they are now, and there's, there's that feeling of optimism. You just go, yeah. oh, man, wait till yeah. next year. Wait till she's a senior. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. love that. I love that. All right, jumping from basketball over to wrestling, Corey wins the Patrick J. Morales Memorial Tournament. Uh, this happened over in Falconer, New York. The Beavers scored 271 points, surpassing Chautauqua Lakes 246.5 in a 24-team field. Three individual champions from Corey helped secure their victory. Logan Hodak, Stephen Willis, Mason Savitz. Also, Will Allen and Cody Proper from Corey secured second place in their weight class to help the Beavers stay on top. Some other D10 schools participated in the tournament as well. Uh, Eisenhower took 14th. Harbor Creek took 17th. Seneca took 22nd. And Erie High comes in at 24th. Now, jumping, staying in wrestling, we had 12 wrestlers from D10 medal at the Midwinter Mayhem. And the Midwinter Mayhem is a tournament that's really kind of, um, 
we'll say have a gauge for how a team is doing for the year, what they're how they're going to compete for the rest of the year. Uh, it, it takes place at IUP at the Kowalczyk Center, and like I said, we had Beautiful seven facility. Oh my gosh, I used to cover basketball games there when it was brand new. Yeah, I was like a kid in a candy store pressing all those buttons. I was covering them right before they switched to the new place. I got to watch them uh, build it while I was in the old creaky building. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've been there too. The field house was <laughs> <Yeah>. awful. <laughs> but we had seven teams from District 10 participate in the tournament. Fort LaBeouf secured eighth place, featuring seventh place finishes from Jake Bennett and JoJo Presbyson. GM took a 14th place. Uh, we also had Greenville ranked 23rd in team scoring. And it's just, you think that's not a big deal, right? You're like, oh, 23rd. There's 57 teams at this tournament. A lot goes into these wrestling tournaments. Paul, you said last week, and I quote, it's a cult. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm seeing it more and more. And I mean that in a good way. Cause like we, I said, my son is, is, uh, he's eight and he's wrestling this year for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool to see like all the families sit together. You're cheering on everybody's kids. And that really just kind of levels up every year when you get through, you know, high school and then even at the collegiate level and things like that. And wrestling is so intense as a sport anyway yeah. that everybody also gets like really intense cheering <laughs> yeah. for it. It's my a wife, lot of fun. Yeah. My wife who's never watched a wrestling match in her life. And I grew up in a, in a, in a whippy school that wrestling was king uh-huh. um pretty much bigger than football at kiski area high school and um so we go to his first tournament and even after this last weekend i said so what do you think like do you like him playing and she goes it is so exciting she said i just like that entire one minute period she said i'm just a ball of stress yeah i'm screaming i'm excited i'm yelling and uh it's so, a fan yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and to her credit she she is she is a big sports fan but wrestling yeah it's an exciting sport it's an intense uh you know I mean, at this level, it's one minute period. Most sports but. have fans. Wrestling has yeah. fanatics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So congrats to some wrestlers. I know we're going to see a lot more happening. Before we wrap up, we got some Otters news from over the weekend. Oh, a lot of Otters stuff. On the road Friday, Erie faced off against top OHL team, the Kitchener Rangers. Despite controlling the first period, they trailed one nothing. Second period saw five goals, two of which are for the Otters, including a power play goal by Pan Ophimi, his 12th on the year. Kitchener led 4-2 after 40, out shooting Erie 25-15, but in the end, Erie couldn't overcome the deficit, ultimately falling 6-2. Kitchener now with a 3-0 home record against Erie, uh, but back in insure- Erie Insurance Arena on Saturday, the Otters hosted the Flint Firebirds for Youth Sports Night and Matthew Schaefer Bobblehead Night. Uh, what a great night. Erie's Malcolm Spence opened the scoring just a minute 26 into the game with an assist from Kerry Terranson, securing a one nothing early lead. The second period saw Erie dominate. Four goals, guys, in the second, two from Dylan Edwards. And then in the third, Dylan Edwards completed his hat trick. Only four goals on the season for Edwards going into that one, finished with seven coming out of it. And, of course, Kerry Terrance scores again late in the game, his team-leading 23rd goal on the season, sealing a dominant 7-2 Victory, Dylan Edwards, again, the first star honors win that one, of course, because of the uh, hat trick. And an update for tonight. They are on the ice as we speak. And they are indeed. Oh, whoa, geez, they just scored twice inside of a minute. <laughs> I was just going to say, I, I updated the Twitter 36 seconds, seconds ago, delayed two hours because of adverse weather, and they're ahead of the Sarnia Sting with... Five to two right now. Five to two with just seconds to play. It keeps updating. <laughs> so it See, looks like just, we're going to get a win for, uh, against Sarnia tonight. We just need to be on the air. As, as we're on the air, they score more goals. I see how this goes. All right. It's like, cool, they got the four, and then went, wait, five? <laughs> I did the same thing. I saw the four, and I refreshed just as I said it, and I go, oh, 
<laughs> yep, yep. Well, hey, we got to take a break. That was the North Shore Rewind brought to you by Dusk's Funeral Home. Before, though, I want to take a second and thank all of our sponsors. Quick Fill, Dusk's Funeral Home, Circo Industrial Supply, John's Wildwood Pizza, Denny's Sales and Service Center, Awesome Painting and Services. Without them, we wouldn't be here for you. When we get back, we welcome Gannon men's basketball coach Jordan Fee to the flagship feature. You're listening to Flagship City Sports Talk brought to you by Quick Fill. TalkEerie.com. Heat up your 2024 with free coffee for the entire year. Enter the 2024 Bradley Street Coffee Giveaway to win one of 31 special coffee mugs that entitle you to free coffee or cappuccino for 2024. One drawn each day throughout January. Five weekly prizes also include a Keurig coffee maker and Bradley Street coffee pods. Go to quickfill.com for details and to enter daily. Quickfill Many medicines used to treat colds and flu contain acetaminophen, a pain reliever and fever reducer found in hundreds of over-the-counter and prescription medicines. But taking too much or more than one medication containing acetaminophen per day can damage your liver. So always read the label and don't take acetaminophen if you drink three or more alcoholic drinks every day. To learn more, visit fda.gov slash OTC pain info. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Food and Drug Administration. the leadoff Republican presidential voting contest is just hours away. Voters in Iowa will head to caucus sites across the state on Monday night to register their preference for the 2024 GOP nominee. Conditions will be brutal and it'll be the coldest Iowa caucus date on record. North Korea has abolished key government organizations tasked with managing relations with South Korea, state media said Tuesday as authoritarian leader Kim Jong-un said he would no longer pursue reconciliation with a rival he declared as his country's most hostile adversary. Ukraine's military chief says that the Ukraine Air Force has shot down a Russian early warning and control plane that can spot targets up to 400 miles away and a key command center aircraft that relays information to troops on the ground. More details at srnnews.com. If you love sports, you'll love Flagship City Sports Talk. This new weekly local sports talk show focuses on our high school and university student-athletes, our minor league stars, and the regional pros. Get out in front of the local sports audience by advertising on Flagship City Sports Talk. Email sales at talkerie.com or call 814-796-6000, extension 108. That's sales at talkerie.com and join the businesses supporting local sports on Flagship City Sports Talk. Sometimes I just cannot believe all the storms we've gone through here. I can only hope that we'll be able to leave this house to you one day, baby. You're our legacy. Planning for these disasters will make sure we're safe and is the best way to protect that legacy. You know what? We should make an emergency communication plan. That way we're ready this year. At my dorm, we have emergency kits for earthquakes and wildfires, but I'm sure there's something more local. I can send you with the link. Okay, smart. Protect your legacy. 
Visit ready.gov forward slash plan for the tools and tips you need to start your emergency preparedness plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. TalkEerie.com weather. Mostly cloudy skies with a few snow showers developing tonight with lows into the lower teens. For tomorrow, expect a few snow showers mainly in the morning with highs only into the upper teens. And for Tuesday night, a few snow showers will continue while becoming very cold with lows into the single digits. I'm forecaster Dakota Hunter with your Erie News Now. First warning weather update on Erie's home for breaking news and informative talk. TalkEerie.com. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Flagship City Sports Talk, brought to you by Quickfill. This week, we're diving back into the flagship feature, and we have an amazing guest with us today. We have Jordan Fee, Gannon men's basketball coach. Thank you for taking the time to come in. You know, you're a busy schedule right now, but we appreciate uh, you fitting us in. Yeah, glad to be here and honored. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, absolutely. No, thank you. You guys are in the middle of the season. I know it's hard to to find some time, and especially on a holiday. So we appreciate it, man. No doubt about it. Yeah, a little bit of the grind this time of year, but it's 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 always good to do this kind of stuff, and I'm glad to do it. Glad to step away to do it. Cool. Well, hey, we always start the feature off with the same question, Coach Fee. What's your origin story? How'd you get to Erie? What's your story? Tell us a little bit about you. Well, I'm back to Erie. I was born here. I was born here in Erie. We lived in my parents graduated from Edinburgh. So I lived in Edinburgh till I was, I don't know, three or four years old. Maybe my dad took the the head boys basketball job at Grove City High School down the road. So moved to Grove City and I grew up in Grove City. I was fortunate enough to play collegiately, bounced a lot around a little bit collegiately. And my career was able to get into coaching. Was fortunate enough to kind of hitch my wagons to a pretty good guy who became my mentor, was my college coach, became my coaching mentor. We took over a program in South Florida uh, called Nova Southeastern University. Been there for the last eight years or so. We were there for six and a half ish together, I guess. And then was fortunate to get this opportunity. My family's still here. My wife's family's in Northeast Ohio. My family's still in Grove City. I've got friends and family scattered throughout Erie and Enro and the area. So it's just a neat opportunity to be back. Here I am. Got hired in April and just kind of hit the ground running and we're still running. Yeah. Now, you know, coming back for family is a good point. I, I was I was thinking, man, most people as they get older, move to Florida, you've gone to Florida and, and moved back. So that's Yeah, I'm the only there. idiot that did it the, the, the reverse direction. And now it's like <laughs> it's like 10 degrees out and snow. We got snow drifts. My car wouldn't start this morning. And, you know, I could be down there sitting on the beach as we speak. But uh, I made the right decision. I did. As much as I say it, I say it obviously jokingly. Florida was great to us. We enjoyed it. We loved it. And there's some great parts about being in Fort Lauderdale, which is where we were, but um, I couldn't be happier to be back. It's been really neat to really pick up my dad on the way to recruiting events. I'm able to stop in at my parents' house. They're able to come up to games. My in-laws are able to come over and, and watch games and hang out after. It's just, it's been really neat and something I haven't been able to do in almost a decade. That's no, awesome. That's cool. So you mentioned, uh, I know you played a significant role in Nova Southeastern's rise to, we'll say, national prominence. And then you mentioned uh, your journey, which includes playing at a number of institutions and then serving in the U.S. Air Force. How have those experiences influenced your coaching style? You mentioned the change at Gannon. Yeah, I think it's we're all a product of our experiences, right? So certainly I'm as well. Um, I, I think the, the greatest influence probably on my my I would call it teaching because essentially that's what we are. I have a teaching degree. I consider myself a teacher. I think the greatest influence on my teaching has been my father. My father was a 
phenomenal teacher coach. My mother was a, an elementary teacher for 30 years too. They're just blue collar, hardworking people. But um, my dad was a, he was a great teacher. He was able to, doesn't matter how much knowledge you have, if you can't infiltrate it on others. And he was able to, I probably learned a lot through osmosis through him being in diapers on the court all the way up through, right? I just lived in the gym and really, I think that's where I learned what I've learned. And then furthermore, all those experiences, you know, the hardest year of my life was, you know, being out in Colorado so young when we, when I had to enlist, but I wanted to play division one basketball. Air Force was my only opportunity. So that was, that was part of the job, right? You had to enlist and go through basic and everything else. But so that experience certainly shaped me and I know made me a better, better man and, and maybe toughened me up a little bit. I'm, I'm still not very tough, but maybe toughened me up a little bit. And then the able, the, the experiences of living in inner city Detroit, going to Detroit Mercy, playing for a couple of years, going to rural West Virginia, finishing my career at West Liberty University, being able to be just immersed in this unique style of play, which is where it originated at West Liberty University. And again, getting to a chance to play and then coach in it, stay on as a graduate assistant coach, get my feet wet in college coaching. I was at Clarion for a year as a grad assistant. I went back to University of Detroit Mercy as a grad assistant. And then being down at Florida and going through multiple regimes, there was a, I worked for a great guy um, named Gary Tool actually before, previously at Nova Southeastern. Nobody really knows that part of the story, but um, was hired as the assistant. Um, he really hired me just because of my association with the system. Uh, and style of play. I call it the system. It's the style of play that I had played in. So this guy took a chance on me, but the, you know, he, he, he hadn't had a ton of success, was a great coach, but hadn't had a ton of success. So they decided to let him go. Here I am 10 months on the job, 25 year old. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm going to try to get this head job at Nova Southeastern, but surely they're not going to hire me, you know, which is when I kind of began the conversations with my college coach, a guy by the name of Jim Crutchfield, who was then at West Liberty University. I knew that he had had uh, maybe the itch to try to flip another program and kind of a perfect storm. And then to answer your question, long-winded, I was, if I did anything right, I think I just, I took the long leash that he gave me and ran with it. He allowed me to do every ounce of the recruiting. He allowed me so much influence and input in the program. He really set me up to be a head coach, which is just, it's something I'll never forget. And, and something that I'm trying to keep in the front of my mind here with two great assistant coaches beside me, like, you know, don't forget um, what was done for me in terms of setting me up to be successful, to take that leap. And so I hope I'm doing the same with these two here who are, are two guys that are going to be great future head coaches themselves. Okay. Yeah, so you answered all of my follow-up questions. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I yeah, apologize no, about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say that and I had one left. That's why I was going to jump in because he did the same thing for mine. And, and so you talk about the transition to the new system and bringing that to Gannon, what's been the toughest part about that transition to a new team and new style of play? It's just so different from anything we're ever taught in basketball, right? It's so non-traditional. So, you know, it's one thing to teach it. It's another thing to get guys to do it and, and then do it correctly, you know? So and is if it? you... Mm, no, that's a good call. I mean, because yeah. my question, the next one I was going to go with was, you know, everybody's running, everybody's lifting weights, everybody's shooting the ball at basketball practice. Why is it that Jordan Fee's teams are wildly different? And I've got stats here to prove it from last year to this year at the same program. It's incredible. I mean, you're not running more miles or shooting more free throws. What, <laughs> What is the system? Yeah, honestly, probably running less in terms of non-game days, probably running less and definitely preseason um less conditioning, more playing. Um, I would explain it this way, and it's the way it was explained to me. And I've certainly, this is nothing but me copycatting what's been taught, but 
if you watch a normal basketball game, if you turn a game on ESPN tonight, you're going to watch a game that's going to, it's going to go through ebbs and flows, right? And it's, it's not a linear, it's not, it's not going to be a straight line, right? There's going to be points, high points and low points in it. And that game will continue on as such until it ends, until the final buzzer. There'll be a game a, of runs a, is how I've always. Uh, well, and there'll be, understood. so for instance, there'll be a shot attempt, right? And there'll, there'll be this level of high intensity because everybody's going to try to box out. Everybody's going to, a few guys may try to go for an offensive rebound, but there's going to be this, this level of high intensity. Once the ball gets secured defensively, what's everybody going to do? The defense is going to trot back. The offense is going to trot down. And then if you watch a game, you can actually stop the footage There'll be points of the game where, you know, point guards looking over at the coach, the coach is giving them a signal. There'll be points of the game where there's actually nothing going on. Guys are actually just standing or maybe meandering at best. Um, but that continues on and continues on. There may be some ebbs and flows and it gets back to this level of high intensity, maybe a pick and roll, right? There's this level of high intensity and the game continues on that way. We're trying to play a different game. We're trying to play a game that maintains a level of intensity that's different from everybody else, both on the defensive side, we're on the defensive side, and then also on the offensive side. We're trying to create constant pressure on the defense with the way we play offense. So that's as simple as I could get. It's, it. it's, it's a more analytical approach? Um, in some ways, yes. In some ways, far less, actually. You know, it depends. We, we probably focus on some stuff different than other programs, but also I think some of the norms in college basketball today, we focus less on. Um, most people think that it is because of the numbers that it creates, um, but we're far less analytical than some programs in the country. There's a few schools like at the division three level, like Grinnell college. I don't know if you ever heard of them, but they've yeah. scored these you know, outrageous numbers. Um, and they focus on a lot of the analytics, which is right. Uh, that's not what we do. It's, yeah. it's very interesting. Well, and speaking of the numbers, because we only got about a minute left before we gotta we gotta say goodbye. But Paul, you said you had those numbers for you. What you're talking about these numbers? We're talking about this different I, place of pay. What what are the difference in the numbers this year, Paul? I have six stats that I think point out a lot of, uh, most of the difference from last year to this year. So okay, twenty two to twenty three points per game, sixty five point seven this year, hundred nine point three. Holy crap! Small jump. Small okay, jump. scoring margin last year negative nine point three. This year plus twenty three point eight. Free throw percentage last year, 68.7. This year, 77.8, 10% jump. Assist per game last year, 11.5. This year, 18.3. Sharing the ball, the ball is moving. Steals per game last year, 6.3. This year, 13.9. They're passing the ball more, and they're taking it away more often. And this is a fun one, Coach. I don't even know if you knew this one. Last year, attendance in 13 home games, 7,453. This year, in eight games, 72-13. So by about 45 minutes before your next tip-off, you should already surpass last year's home attendance record. And I know that matters for things in the dean's office. So congratulations to you on the court. <laughs> well, I'll I'll finish that. I appreciate that. That's humbling. All the numbers are humbling. The guys are doing it. They're the ones playing hard, and they're making all of us look good. But the fan support here is off the charts. These people love it. They care. There's a sense of pride here and a care factor that's off the charts and hard to find anywhere in the country. Um, let alone at our level of college basketball. No, I love it. Coach V, love the stuff you're doing again. Love to see the program just succeeding in your first year already, and we're excited to see some more happening. Here, we got to let you go for our next break. You're listening to Flagship City Sports Talk, brought to you by Quickville. 
cold winter weather is here and you can count on your friends at Circo Industrial Supply to help you make it through any storm that might head our way. They have a full inventory of winter clothing, including boots and gloves. Plow drivers, be prepared. Circo has hoses, couplers, rubber cutting edges, and all your hydraulic fluids. Do-it-yourselfers. Circo also has snowblower belts to help you handle another harsh, eerie winter. Circo Industrial Supply, 2127 Cahey Road in Erie, your best little hose and belt house in town. Since 1946, Duskus Funeral Home has served local families with compassion and care in times of loss. With more choices now than ever before concerning funeral services and options, trust Duskus Funeral Home to guide your family through these important final decisions. Visit Duskus Funeral Home at 2607 Buffalo Road. Call 899-7656 or visit duskusfuneralhome.com. Duskus Funeral Home, committed to the community and families of Erie for generations. For nearly 40 years, the Edinburgh community has been trusting Dauber Auto Supply for their auto care needs. Located at 116 Erie Street in downtown Edinburgh, Dauber Auto Supply makes custom-made Gates hydraulic hoses, has an extensive supply of PPG automotive paints, and offers free installation of wiper blades, in addition to saving you money on your automotive projects and repairs. It's time to get ready for winter, and Dauber Auto Supply has DECA batteries ready for install. Go with the best. Go local. Dauber Auto Supply, 734-4705, or visit 116 Erie Street in Edinburgh. Works so awesome, it's in the name. Since 2003, Awesome Painting and Services has been helping home and business owners in Erie and Crawford counties and beyond. The team at Awesome Painting and Services is experienced and professional and can paint the interior or exterior of your office building or home. Trust Awesome Painting and Services to do the best possible job for you at a fair, affordable price. See examples of their work, the full list of services, and testimonials from their customers on their website, erieawesomepainting.com. PA contractor number 073407. John's Wildwood Pizzeria is rolling out the fresh dough at both locations in Edinburgh and Erie. Pick up a pie covered in fresh toppings or keep it all inside with a steamy calzone. Subs and hoagies, they're all heroes at John's Wildwood Pizzeria. Accessorize your meal with salads, wings, and apps. Call 734-7355 to order from the Edinburgh location at 105 Erie Street or call 314-2799 for the Knowledge Parkway store near Barron and Erie. Winner of the Erie's Choice Awards for 14 consecutive years. JohnsWildwoodPizza.com Heat up your 2024 with free coffee for the entire year. Enter the 2024 Bradley Street Coffee Giveaway to win one of 31 special coffee mugs that entitle you to free coffee or cappuccino for 2024. One drawn each day throughout January. Five weekly prizes also include a Keurig coffee maker and Bradley Street coffee pods. Go to quickfill.com for details and to enter daily. Welcome back to Flagship City Sports Talk, brought to you by Quick Fill. Hey, if that interview sounded a little different than earlier, well, it's because we had to pre-record our chat with Coach Fee. But a huge thanks, huge thanks to the coach for fitting us into his busy schedule. And we look forward to covering the team for the rest of the season and beyond. I still got my eye on the Steelers game here. 21-10. You know, field goal there for the Steelers, but Bills are still on the off, still on offense and driving right back down the field. Well, hey, let's get back to college. The Gannon women's basketball team wins their 14th straight. Mercyhurst women's hockey sweeps a two-game series against Syracuse, and we have a couple thousand-point scores at Penn State Barron. Let's cross the quad to the campus corner. 
The Gannon women's basketball team, number three, four, Gannon 68 against IUP 52 to earn their 14th straight victory. The Gannon women's basketball team is just looking better and better as the season rolls on. Like I said, ranked third by the WBCA and fourth in the D2 CSC top 25. The Golden Knights improved to 17 and one overall with their 14th straight victory. They improve maintaining that nine and oh perfect record in the PSAC West as well. Gannon played three games in eight days in the last week facing Cal. Edinburgh, and then hosting IUP, all who came in with winning streaks of games, I think like six or better. It's wow. just crazy. Gannon's, I mean, they got to be exhausted at this point. The 14-game winning streak is the longest streak since 2013-2014, where they won 17 straight games. So let's see if we can break that one. Gannon took an early lead, jumping to an 8-0 advantage, and never trailed throughout the game. Bree Claxton led all scores with 23 points, recording her fifth 20-point effort of the season. Samantha Perasco achieved her sixth double-double of the season, contributing 17 points and 10 rebounds. Kate Ratliff, a freshman, like we talked about earlier, I like mm-hmm. to see the freshman and sophomore get involved, made her third career start, looking good, finishing with 10 points, two assists, and two steals. IUP always tough, but Gannon's defense played a significant role, holding IUP to 52 points and a 33.3% shooting from the floor. The Golden Knights return to action January 17th, facing Slippery Rock, followed by a game at Clarion on January 20th. Hey, we got the chance to talk to Coach Fee, but they're in the news as well. Paul, what do you got on the men's side? Uh, yeah, no slouches on the men's side. Not quite third and fifth in the country, but uh, the Gannon men's basketball team dominated IUP over the weekend with an 84-58 victory, showcasing their dominance now in the PSAC West ranked 14th in the D2CSC media poll and 20th in the NABC rankings, which I was right about earlier during that interview. I was I pulled that out of my butt, <laughs> uh, and I was correct. Gannon, that improved to 13-2 and two overall, and now 7-2 and two in PSAC play. Notable defensive performance, guys, as the Golden Knights held the Crimson Hawks under 60 percent, I'm sorry, under 60 points on 40.8 percent shooting, while also forcing 25 turnovers, one of the areas that Coach Fee talked about earlier that they're looking to uh, improve upon. First year, Coach Jordan Fee demonstrated a balanced game, emphasizing defense with this win, breaking a streak of recent IUP dominance in this matchup. So a team that can score a lot of points, but flexing the defensive muscle over the weekend in a uh, big PSAC win, guys. IUP again. IUP again. Always tough. They Always. just in they, they recruit very well for athletics, whether it's football or basketball. So big wins for Gannon. Gannon returns to action January 17th, playing Slippery Rock, followed by Clarion on the 20th. Jumping up the hill to Mercyhurst, the women's hockey team. We haven't had a chance to really talk a lot of hockey, so I'm finally uh, excited to finally bring them back into the yeah, rundown here a little bit. Yeah, you're one of those cult bit. hockey guys. I am I definitely know. a cult yes. hockey guy. I, if it didn't cost $2,000 a season, my son <laughs> would absolutely be playing hockey. Uh, he doesn't pay enough attention for that. We, we did like the little Penguins program where like yeah. you, you pay 200 bucks, you get your kid, they get all the gear. If you haven't done it, guys, it's great for your kids. My son in all his gear just like to Superman across the ice way more than actually <laughs> play hockey so it wasn't worth the financial investment for me that would have been me but he had fun he had fun <laughs> he had fun he had a great time uh, and he got a Sidney crosby signed puck at the end too so that okay was well that's good. pretty good that's what it you was worth for the 200 right bucks right yeah, yeah right there. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, the women's Mercy Hurst women's hockey team uh, secures a 6-2 victory against Syracuse in game two of their weekend series. They were they did sweep the weekend. Uh, in the in the second game, the Lakers scored five third period goals for their third straight win. Theja Hansen and Vanessa Upson led the charge, each scoring two goals and contributing an assist. Ina Nystrom stopped 21 shots, earning her 11th win of the season. Nystrom also lands on the HCA Goalie of the Year watch list, so I'm keeping my eye on that one for sure. The Lakers' overall record improves to 11-12-1, and and they now stand at 7-3 and in the CHA, which is the College Hockey America standings. Lakers will go on the road for the first time in 2024, facing Robert Morris this upcoming weekend. Sticking with hockey, the hockey, women's hockey at, Lake, at Mercyhurst, though, also wanted to throw out a congrats to Lakers' Megan McKay, who earned the CHA Defender of the Week this week. Congratulations to the Lady Lakers. They seem like they are making a comeback here in the second half of the season. Excited to see that coming through. Staying at Mercyhurst, we talked about last week, Mercyhurst women's basketball team was on a great 11-game win streak. Unfortunately, that didn't continue. Yeah, all good things come to an end in a tough matchup against IUP. The Mercyhurst Lakers 11-game streak came to an unfortunate end with a 61-41 defeat. Despite a strong effort from senior guard Lauren Clare, who led the Lakers with 11 points, Lakers couldn't overcome IUP's lead. Clare's threes weren't enough as IUP dominated rebounds and built that decisive 20-point lead. Lakers now hold an 11-3 overall record, moving to 7-1 in PSAC play. Big week, though. They aim to bounce back on Wednesday when they host the Fighting Scots of Edinburgh for a 5:30 tip-off. All right, going from Mercyhurst to the Burbs over in Edinburgh. Men's basketball. I've never heard it called the Burbs. I'm trying to. Never know. once. I've, I've turned. <laughs> more Edinburgh grads, dude. <laughs> I was going to say, two guys who graduated from Edinburgh. That's a first. Well, it's, you know, it's a suburb of Erie. Suburb. I'm, listen, I'm here to make Your logic change. is solid. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, that's a, that's a first. I hope it catches on. A good friend of mine said, observe the masses and do the opposite. So, <laughs> so I'm, you know, I'm on a roll. Mercyhurst, that's the Heights. That's now Erie Heights. I don't it's, care. Right. It's, it's the Heights. And, uh, uh, yeah, Edinburgh is now the Burbs. So, we'll the burbs. so sticking to the Burbs, though, they're doing this is well. The show of the future. <laughs> or, I'm sorry. Or, or the past, depending on how you look <laughs> at it. All right. Men's basketball, though. We're talking sports, not my idiocracy. Men's basketball, Edinburgh 100, UPJ 95. Paul, you are the Borough grad, so we'll oh, throw it your way. Oh, man, what a game down at Pitt Pin- Johnstown on Saturday, guys. The Scots hit triple digits in a thrilling comeback. Men's basketball team clinched a 195 victory over UPJ, trailing 67-54 at the 16:25 mark in the second half. Junior guard Bernie Blunt, what a name! Three-pointer <laughs> sparked a turnaround, leading to a 15-2 run, eventually tying the game at 69. Nice. Blunt Bernie. with 26 points led the Scots, supported by McDowell's Jack Gallagher with 16 points. Will Taylor had 13 points, and JJ Eubank with 11. Edinburgh overcame a 15-point first-half deficit and showcased resilience in an important PSAC West game. Crucial plays, including Blunt's triple, I'm sorry, and Taylor's clutch free throws at the end of it sealed the win. By the way, Rich, I wanted to ask you, were you around for the Taco Bell promotion, free chalupas every time Edinburgh hit 100 points? Yes. Were you around for that? Okay. I was there the last year of it because it was at a game that they weren't – I think it was a Gannon game, and it went – 
it went nuts uh, at th- that night at the, ta- the Taco Bell. I think the game ended probably 9, 30, 10 o'clock. We closed the Taco Bell down. I, I think they were pretty much out of chalupas, and that was the last and of And the that. bathroom shortly after that. <laughs> they, dro- they dropped the chalupa? They, uh, they yeah, dropped yeah, the chalupa. Yeah, yeah. No, the promotion, anyway. There's another past joke for you. All right. Well, you can tell when we were doing a live game, wheels fell apart here in the studio. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I saw the eyes down there a little bit. Uh, I see Buffalo put up another three points. Still a two-possession game. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's really all it is. Joey Porter Jr. just got taken to the back, though. I mean, it's. I think it's going to just stay steady like this. Steelers offense can't seem to move the ball. Buffalo just looking great. Doesn't seem like they, I was going to say, maybe let off the gas a little bit, but it's just I don't think they have enough for the Steelers to come back, but but we'll see. Um, sticking with college for a second, though, I, I had this on the rundown last week, and we ran out of time. I did want to give some love yeah. to two basketball players over at Penn State, Barron. Senior guard Tommy Dorenzo becomes the 24th player in program history to reach 1,000 points, and junior guard Rachel Majewski, Majewski, Majeski. Maje- yeah, you know. See? Majeski, that's at FC Sports Talk on X, uh, hit 1,000 career points at Pitt Bradford a couple weeks ago as well. Uh, I think anytime somebody scores 1,000 points in basketball, that's just a. Every level you go up, 1,000 points becomes harder and harder to achieve. So, yep. an yep. incredible feat. And she's a junior. Rachel's only a junior. So, again. A lot of points to come. Let's see. Let's see what happens now. Now she's chasing the all-time record at the school. <laughs> um, we didn't get a chance to really talk about it. We talked last week about the college football national championship. Yes, obviously Michigan took took the win there. Boo! <laughs> but I wanted but, to but, touch. But Gavin DeBoer won the whole thing really by getting the uh, the Alabama job. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, Saban. That was the other text that Rich sent out or that Paul mm-hmm. sent out. We mm-hmm. coaching carousel all over the place. Um, but. We talked a little bit about it last week, and I wanted to hit on it again this week. So now you have – I'm blanking on their names because I'm going off the cuff here. Um, you have the quarterback and the running back of Michigan leaving for the draft. Right. Now, Harbaugh has not signed the new contract. The contract is out there with a no NFL clause, but he interviewed with the Chargers today. I was going to say I saw that he was out in L.A. today talking yeah. to the Chargers brass. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think he makes a jump? Absolutely. I think so, too. I think it's just a way to try and... He's, he's going to Urban Meyer his way out of the situation. Yep. Things are getting sticky at the old university, so we got to move on. Yep, yep. Well, we'll see. We'll catch you into the Steelers game, Steelers-Bills game here as well. Erie, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be back next week. If you miss us in between, you can always check us out on the podcast. We want to hear from you. Send us your fan questions to flagship city sports talk at gmail.com or follow us on social media at FC Sports Talk Erie. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Nick Artman, and I'm signing off for Paul Adamzak and Rich Smith. That's it. We're done. Have fun.